Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation. In the first five chapters we talked about who we are at this limited being level, at our mind, body and intellect level and how we function in this world, what is the best way to function in this world and how to get the most out of life. In that segment of the Bhagavad Gita, one to six chapters now culminating into Dhyana Yoga Yoga of Meditation so the chapter started with a statement saying one who has achieved the state of equanimity of mind is the yogi and he is a sannyasi there is no difference between a yogi and sannyasi both are achieved by having control over your own mind and your senses. The one who has achieved that, he is a yogi and a sannyasi. Not the one who is outwardly behaving as a sannyasi. And that the state which yogi reaches, sannyasi reaches the same thing. Because a yogi cannot be a yogi without renouncing the thoughts. And sannyasi also cannot be a sannyasi without having the control over his mind and intellect. So both are the same state reached through two different avenues. And therefore, the prescription in the beginning given is, if you are still not the yogi and seeking to be a yogi, then karma karana muchade, that the prescription is to act in this world in a selfless manner. Prescription we have already seen in chapter 3 and 4 that we act you must in this world but without the expectation of the fruits. Without a particular expectation of fruits from a particular action. Fruits will come automatically. It's the law of nature. When I apply any force, there will be a reaction. When I act, there will be a reaction. So there will be reward or punishment of my actions which will be appropriate just by the law of action, law of karma. But my expectations create confusion. My expectations create conflicts in my mind. So therefore it says, if you are a seeker, then your goal is to perform actions without expectations for the fruits of action. So one who has achieved that one who can work without depending on the karma phala, he is a yogi, he is a sannyasi. Once you achieve the state that you can act in this world without depending on what will come out of my actions, you are a yogi and you are a sannyasi. Once that state is reached, then the prescription is such a person should now focus 
on contemplation of what is the nature of the self is. What is it that I call myself? Is it something which I have acquired, accomplished, or that is something my inherent nature? So that's contemplation, that's dhyana. And for that dhyana or meditation, a detailed instruction given in this chapter. The first thing it says, find a clean place and establish a comfortable seat. On that, once you establish yourself, you sit erect with your neck or head, neck and a body in one line. So that's the posture. And then focus your gaze at the tip of your nose. That means focus in front of you. Slightly elevated, Swamiji says. And then think about me, the self. That's the meditation. But for that, a long preparation of controlling the mind, controlling your intellect, controlling your senses, living a life which enables me to do that. Living a life of moderation where nothing is in excess. And those are the verses which he had seen last time that who cannot achieve this meditation. So to achieve meditation is not a one day goal of suddenly realizing that I want to do this. But a lifelong goal, and therefore Bhagavad Gita says here, that the yogi should be constantly thinking about who he is. Manaha sanyamya mat chitta yukta asita mat paraha. But he should do that constantly. And doing that for atma visuddhaye. So the prescription is given, the prerequisites are given. Prerequisites are you have to moderate your life so that you have a control over your mind and intellect because any excesses is going to create more desires and more vasanas and those are going to be your obstacles in your path of the contemplation. So to moderate that and then train your mind not to expect anything out of your action so you can leave without expecting a particular result in this world once you reach that state, now you are ready to contemplate Bhagavan said. And there, this simple instructions are given that find this place which is clean and have solitude. Establish yourself a clean seat, seat erect, close your eyes and focus onto yourself. So give your mind something to do. Give your mind an activity of seeing inward mind has a nature to be active. If you try to stop mind, it is not going to be very fruitful. So instead of right now the mind going outward, make the mind going inward is the art of meditation. Verse 16 says, Na ati asnatastu tu yogaha asti nacha ekantam Anasnataha, one who eats too much or one who does not eat at all. For both yoga is not possible. See, we constantly talk about our religious practices and uh, how fasting and 
Bhagavad Gita clearly does not say fast for 21 days and you will achieve moksha. It simply says if you eat too much, it's also not good. If you don't eat at all, it's also not good. So life of moderation is very much prescribed here. I constantly hear the Buddha's path was the middle path. The Buddha, after doing all these very severe penance in his life, Buddha in the end came and taught what? Moderation. Life of moderation. The middle path. Not on the two right, not on the two left. Bhagavan Krishna says the same thing. If you are eating too much or not eating at all, both will create a situation where your mind will not be under your control. Because if you are eating too much, you are uncomfortable and mind goes there all the time. If you are not eating at all, your obviously body doesn't have any strength and your mind cannot focus on. Nacha asti swapna silasya jagrato na evacha arjunaha. One who sleeps too much and also who does not sleep at all. For both, this yoga is not possible. And Swamiji points out that the words here are very, very pregnant with meanings. Swapna silasya. Here the, the sleep is, is indicated as swapna. And according to Upanishads, particularly Mandukya the waking state is nothing but a swapna state only. So basically swapna is all the perceptive activities of my life during my dream state and my waking state. Both of them are engaging too much into it. It does not give mind enough you know, strength to contemplate. Jagrataha, and also who awakes too much. Now here Swamiji has given a little different definition of Jagrataha, the one who is awaking to that thought of the self, meditating on that thought. He said, that should not be too much. I've done a 20 hours meditation, long meditation. He said, that's not prescribed. It all should be in moderation. Not sleep too much, not to awake too much. So, it is a life of balancing to figure out what is it that makes this being, which I call myself, as a limited being, function. And I'm focusing on that entity. There will be only possible of this body, mind, and intellect are healthy. Swami used to give an analogy of a a ball in a ball vault game, that without that ball, you cannot play that game. You cannot raise yourself to a height to cross that bar. But once you reach that, you drop that pole. But without that pole, there is no way that you're going to reach that height. So without this body, mind, and intellect, you are not going to reach that state. And therefore, it is very important that this body, mind, and intellect are healthy. I had been suffering all last week from sinusitis. I could not think about any spiritual thought all throughout other than how can I breathe? How can I breathe so that I can function? Somebody asked, what is Vumukshutram? What is Vumukshutram? The Guru said, let's go to the river bank. Took him to the river bank. And then said, go into the water. The guy got into the water. The Guru took his head and put it into the water and the guy was trying to come out of the water. Then he released him after a few minutes. And he said, what were you thinking when you were in the water? He said, what I was thinking? I was just trying to breathe. 
desperately. He said, that's Mumukshatva. That intense desire to breathe when you will have of knowing yourself is Mumukshatva, is a liberation. When you have that desire, you will be liberated. You will do anything to get out of that water to breathe. I took Allegra and then also took Musinex and then I also took Singular. I had an interview on Tuesday and I fell sick on Sunday night. And I loaded up myself with every kind of medication. I, when I walked into my interview, I could barely focus. But at least I was not sneezing. So it is that intense desire to achieve something will get you there. But therefore that, you require healthy body, healthy mind, and healthy intellect. Therefore, this life of moderation in everything is very important to practice. That cannot be practiced overnight. You cannot say from tomorrow, I'm meditating, so from 4 o'clock onwards tonight, I'll be a life of moderation. It has to be your life, which is life of moderation. Yukta ahara viharasya, yukta chestasya karmasu. Yukta ahara viharasya, ahara, that we intake into our body. And vihara, recreation, enjoyment. Both has to be in moderation. You can't have no recreation whatsoever. You also cannot say, I will not have any food at all. So obviously that has to be moderated. But not only that is a yukta chestasya karmasa. Act you must, but it has to be in moderation. So the exertion, the, the efforts which we put in our actions also should be in moderation. Swamiji used to say that, oh, such a person was so dynamic that he used to work 18 hours a day. I had heard about Jawaharlal Nehru. I'm not sure whether right or wrong, but that Jawaharlal Nehru used to work 18 hours a day. He will wake up at 3 o'clock and then will go... And Swami says, you hear that, oh, you have a very dynamic personality, worked 18 hours a day. And says, then what happened? Then he, then he said, he dropped dead at the age of such and such. Because the body has its own limitation, mind is own limitation. When you exert it over its limit, it nothing but breaks down. So now, if that's the situation, you don't have, really have a means and tools to contemplate. Yukta chestasya karmasu. For a person like me who is a workaholic, it's probably very appropriate advice. More efforts you put in anything, counterproductive it becomes. In olden days, we used to think that the person who works in the office, the longest, comes at 7 o'clock and leaves at 7 o'clock. He's the most productive person. People, after so many research and statistics, figured out that he's the slowest person. He's the person who's the least productive. That Lee Iacocca, who Chrysler's CEO, he used to say that if you can't find two weeks in a year to take vacation, then you're not worthy of managing your department. If you can't even manage two weeks in your life for a vacation, how can you manage your staff? So, efforts which you put in your work also should be moderate and appropriate. Not too much, not too little. Yukta chestasya karmasu. Yukta swapna avabodhasya yogo bhavati dukkaha. 
one who is moderate in sleep and wakefulness. Again, same thing. If you sleep too much, you are too, too much tamas. If you stay awake too much, you are too tired. So, this life of moderation is prescribed. And they say, why you should be doing that? Yoga bhavati dukkha. For him, the yoga becomes the remover of all sorrows. We started out from where? I want to get rid of sorrows in my life. I can't tolerate this life with sorrows. I need to get rid of all these sorrows. But I can't find a means to do it. First I thought I'll make lots of money and they will get rid of all my sorrows. But that didn't really work out. Then I said I will be the most powerful person in the community. That didn't really work out. It created more problems. So what is it that will remove all my sorrows? Bhagavan said that yoga, this yoga will become the remover of all your sorrows. Now how can that be? Well, because we learned that the person who becomes yogi is a person who is not depending on the results of his actions. 90% of your anxieties are already gone. Most of the anxieties are for what? Will I get this in my life or not? I'm putting effort, somebody will recognize that or not. All that is gone once the karma falls. And then, by that I have removed all the attachments. If I have no expectations from anything, there is no attachment. So once there is no attachment, the remaining sorrows are also gone. Most of our sorrows are because of our attachment and our anxiety. If that attachment is not there, all these tragedies are occurring all over the world, almost every day. CNN is busy, morning till evening, talking about the same thing all over again. But it really does not affect our day-to-day life. We may feel sorry, we may feel compassionate, but it really does not affect because we are not attached. If one of us is involved, we will not be detached. But if I can create a situation where no matter what happens, I'm detached, there is no sorrow. And therefore, Bhagavan says, for such a person, yoga becomes the remover of all sorrows. Yada viniyatam chittam atmani evavatishthate nispruhaha sarvakame bhyo yukta iti uchyate tada. Now, we have talked about how to meditate, who cannot meditate, and now what will be the state of meditator. Yada viniyatam chittam atmani evavatishthate when the perfectly controlled mind. The mind right now is running towards the objects of my desires because my desires have created values that this thing, when I achieve, I'll be happy. But I have controlled that because I I have learned to live without expectations. Then my mind is controlled. And then that mind is now has to be placed somewhere Previously it was in BMW and then Tesla and whatever it is. But I have to put it somewhere. That's an Atmani Eva. Avatishtate. That mind which was running out in the world of objects before, I have now turned it towards myself. 
what is the nature of myself what is it that making me function nispruha sarvakamebhya yukta iti uchyate tada this is a definition of a perfect meditator he has taken his mind which is running outside into his self and his nispruha sarvakamebhya he is devoid of any longing yukta iti uchyate tada then such a person is considered a complete yogi the swami points out here that it does not say that become completely desireless here it says nispra sarva kame he is not having the longing for those desires desires are natural if i'm thirsty i have a desire to drink water when i'm hungry i have a desire to eat if i'm uncomfortable i have a desire to make a temperature correct those desires never create sorrows in your life in the longing a very intense desire for something or someone creates sorrows in my life so those should be avoided and when that is not there then mind is available to contemplate and what is the self i say once that happens such a person is yukta iti uchyate iti uchyate tada in the last verse we had discussed it says what is the nature of their mind which has that complete control so it says yatha deepah nivatastah nyangate sob upamasmrata nivata without wind if lamp is placed in a place which has no wind just like any regular but as soon as the air current starts the lamp starts flickering but when there is no air current that lamp remain looks like it's a complete solid flame not moving it's stationary even though there is activity in that flame as the students of physics know there is an activity therefore there is a flame there there is a combustion going on constantly and therefore there is a flame there but for our eye it's a steady flame no movement in it that mind which is contemplating on the self is intensely working but it seems because it is so focused on one thought that it looks steady so it is not flickered by the storm of desires right now our mind it goes here then suddenly it goes there and suddenly it goes there is flickering but when it is focused on the one thought it is steady so he said sa upamasmrata that simile is thought here just as the lamp in a windless place is steady yoginah yatachittasya yunjato yogam atmanah the yogi of controlled mind practicing yoga is described by the simile we'll stop right here om sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramayaha sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschit dukha bhag bhave om shanti 
शांति शांति हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ